From Lanyon Bowdler Solicitors, this is The Legal Lounge. Here's your host, Amanda Jones. Hello and welcome to Season 2 of The Legal Lounge, where we've got some great content planned for you. If you haven't heard the shows in the first season yet, they're definitely worth checking out. You'll get an insight into many aspects of law in England and Wales, including divorce, mental capacity and claims for different kinds of injury. You can listen to these shows on your podcast app or by visiting lblaw.co.uk forward slash podcast. In this episode, dispute resolution solicitor Katie Baker speaks with Rod Williams. Rod is the managing director at Crest. He talks about the diverse work Crest does in the local community, helping people in crisis in Conwy and Denbyshire. Hello, I'm Katie. I'm here today with Rod Williams, Managing Director of Crest in North Wales. Crest is one of Lanyon Bowdler's chosen charities for 2022 and we're here today to have a chat with Rod and to get to know a little bit more about what Crest does. Good morning and thanks for inviting me along. I'll start off with um, asking you if you could really briefly explain to us what Crest's work is. Basically for those who haven't heard about the charity before, tell us a little bit more about the, about the charity. Essentially uh, we were set up in 1998 as a social enterprise And it was primarily at that point to help adults with learning and physical disabilities. And over the years, we've kind of developed and branched out and diversified to meet the community's needs. So what we do now is a number of contracts, one with the local authority where we deliver sort of recycling curbside collections. We also work with the probation service. We've worked with them for over 20 plus years now. And we help low-risk offenders rehabilitate at Crest. But everything, all the services that we provide um, really are, are vehicles, in, in a sense, to help people get closer to where they want to be in life. And whether that may be about full-time employment, volunteering, increase their confidence. It could be varied reasons why people come to us. But at the heart of everything that we do is about helping people in our community. And I think if we're all honest, we've probably all been at some point of our lives, um, if you're unfortunate more often than not, um, suffering hardship. Crest, really... It sounds cheesy, but genuinely we're there to help people who are in crisis, whether that means they need furniture or food or just some confidence or some training or employment or real work experience. In a nutshell, it's people and communities what Crest is set up about. You mentioned that Crest was initially established as a social enterprise, and I believe it became a charity in, in 2020. How has becoming a registered charity enabled Crest to expand its good work? It's opened a lot of doors, actually. So um, it's allowed us to access additional funding that wasn't there previously when we were a social enterprise. And a, a recent example of that is we've recently been able to secure a property in Tlandidno in a prime location which is allowing us now to open a reuse shop, um, repair and recycle shop, if you like. It's the only way I can refer it to is if you ever watch the BBC programme Repair Shop. It's kind of a poor man's version of that, if you like. <laughs> but we're at the small stages and uh, we're hoping to open that in April. But we secured a property and without being a registered charity, we wouldn't have been able to access those funds through Welsh Government. The other big bonus for us adapting charitable status is that we're now able to tap into gift aid. So um, what gift aid is, is if you're a taxpayer and you donate goods to Crest, what we can do is claim 25 pence off the taxman for every pound through donations that we sell in our shops. You can think over 12 months time, that's quite a significant amount of income that we never previously had. And with that profit surplus, that can help pay for the food bank, um, furniture for families in crisis, training for people that need employment. So it's huge, the adapting charitable status. Um, and I guess... The main driver for us was that people were confused about what is a not-for-profit social enterprise. You don't, don't you make profit? Of course, we have to make profit. We have to make a surplus because 
like any other business, we need to generate that profit to pay for people's wages, pay for the fuel, the overheads. So becoming a charity with status, people understood what a charity meant. And it was a local charity rather than a national charity. So people are more more likely to donate their goods to a local charity. They were the main drivers for us, I think, and it's definitely opened more doors for us. Affirmed up the identity. Yeah, yeah, it has. People really get what Crests are about now. Because we're so diverse, it's so hard to explain. And your first question, I thought, <laughs> that's a curveball. That's the, you Trying to summarise that is very difficult because we're constantly evolving. But I think the only way to, to summarise it up is, is about people and communities. I'm going to go on to a few personal questions now, just to understand your journey with Crest, really. First of all, what, what attracted you to Crest? I'd not long come out of the Air Force at the time. Um, I was totally, totally militarised in the Air Force. And I came out, I was probably at a low point in my life, if I'm being completely honest with you. A um, couple of years previously, my brother passed away at 41, so it was a difficult period. And then as I was coming out of the Air Force, my dad had terminal cancer. So there was, there was some of the, the reasons I'd, I'd come out of the Air Force, because I loved the Air Force, I loved everything about it. But I chose to put family before, before my career, and, and that was the right thing to do. So when I came out, um, I'd got invited for an interview at Crest and I thought, who's Crest? But when I read the job description and, and what they do, it attracted me straight away because it was all about people, it was about community. And my upbringing um, was always to help people less fortunate than yourself. Um, and I was brought up, I'm one of nine kids. I've got five sisters, three brothers. <laughs> wow, So it was a big family, family yeah. <laughs> um, and we came through some tough times actually in 1993 when the floods hit landed, no. Um, we, we didn't have an awful lot of money growing up, um, so we didn't have any insurance for our, for our house. So we lost everything. Um, so, but what I, what I remember there, and it stuck up vividly in my mind, was that how the community came together and helped people in crisis. And we had wheelie bins out, we had old people putting the wheelie bins to, to wade them through the water. My brother had a very, very small fishing boat in his garden, we pulled that out and got other people into there. Um, and it stuck with me. And the way I was brought up, like I say, my man was always a case of, you know, kill people with kindness, help people less, less fortunate yourself. And throughout the years, there was people knocking me mam's door. It was kind of like the hub of the community. Could you borrow some tea bags? Could you borrow some sugar or some milk? And my mum would always give them more than they needed. And um, even though she sometimes didn't go, didn't eat herself actually half the time to feed the kids. But we didn't know that as we were younger, it was only as we were older. Um, so that concept growing up, I always knew um, in my heart, I'd love to find a job where I can actually give back to the community, do something really meaningful. So I went along to the interview at Crest um, without any sort of um, expectations. I was told that they were interviewing all day, and I think I was their second or third interview in the morning. And, and soon this as, was for the position of a van driver, This right? was the yeah. van driver, yeah. It was to supervise um, people on community payback orders, on court orders, low-risk offenders. And, and I think the natural fit why I was asked to come along was because of my discipline background in the Air Force. And um, I consider myself as a sociable person, so I'd like to think I get on with most people. Um, <laughs> so I had the interview, and that, as soon as I walked through the door, you know when you get a feeling, you get a vibe, you feel really comfortable. I thought, do you know what, I feel like, feel like I'm at home here. It sounds weird, I can't explain it. But I had the interview and I had my shirt and tie, and I, I hate shirt and tie, I'm a very informal type of person. And they put me at ease, says, look, you know, you can loosen your tie if you want. Just, just relax. So I thought, yeah, this is great. They talked about the fantastic work the team at Crest were doing, which I was totally oblivious to. And I felt ashamed, actually, and, and humbled when they were talking about that. Um, so I left the interview, not knowing whether I'd get it or not. Um, but within an hour, I think it was less than an hour, I got a phone call to say that um, they were stopping the interviews and they'd like to offer me the job. 
So I thought this is meant, this was definitely meant. So everything about it attracted me to Crest. And you know, like I said, my dad, uh, it was definitely meant, he died two weeks, I think after I joined Crest, but it actually helped me refocus on people who were in a much worse position than I was. And I felt it was meant for me. So that's what attracted me to Crest initially. And the, the journey now, I'm still here after 15, 16 years, something must be doing right. Like, you know. I was going to say, it, sound, it sounds from what you said about your background and then describing the position and, and what the charity does, like it, it was the perfect fit, really. Was, Jigsaw it, pieces coming together. It was, Katie. It was the right time in my life at the right moment. And everything just seems that this was meant to happen. You've sort of touched on some of, some of these particular issues, particularly we mentioned that you started as a van driver. You're obviously now, as we mentioned before, the, the managing director. How have you progressed? I mean, you've been there 16 years now. That's obviously quite a jump from van driver to managing director. What what have been the, the steps along the way, really, and, and the, the progress that's been made? Interesting, because you reflect back and you don't realise how quick that's gone and <laughs> how much you've actually achieved with the team. So the van driver job, um, I loved that job. Absolutely loved it. It kept me fit and active. Um, and it's still I, a crucial part of Crest today, oh, isn't it? It absolutely is, yeah. And, you know, it really is a hard job, but very rewarding. You get to meet different people every day. Um, so I loved that job. Um, and then quickly I was asked to take on more responsibility. The main driver, I think, every time I was asked to take on more and get promoted was to improve operations and increase productivity. They were clear, clearly my strengths. I didn't recognise mm. at the time, but because of my background and my training. So I came from the van driver. I was workshop supervisor. I've worked in the retail shops, managing the shops there. I've uh, worked on the training side of things, delivering training programmes. I've been cleaning white goods with the, with the, with the staff there. So you've really um, gone around the whole... <laughs> yeah, I have. And I think because operations was my core strength, I, I was... I was always one of those that wanted to practice what I preach and I was never, still not frightened to get my hands dirty to this day. I have my boots and my jeans and everything, my scruffs under my desk. <laughs> if anyone needs to get on the van or do whatever it may be, I'm, I'm on the beck and call. I would say, honestly, hand on heart, I've worked in every department at Crest over the 16 years and it gave me really good grounding and understanding of how a business operates. But also it took me out of my comfort zone massively because... I had to study for um, an EBOSH health and safety exam, which probably the most difficult exam I've ever studied for is, it was a year long um, exam and it was done in the evenings on my own time after work. Um, and it was really, really difficult, but I got through it. Um, and I was really, really proud of that. So that helped me improve operations and safety and practices at Crest. Then I had to start improving my uh, financial acumen, if you like, understanding spreadsheets, um, setting financial forecasts. Not easy. <laughs> that was completely out of my comfort zone, but that's what the business needed and that's what my role was developing into. And strangely enough, I actually enjoyed it, even though I, I've never feared change, certainly positive changes. I, I kind of embrace change and I know that's not normal in most people because throughout my career, most people fear change, which I've never kind of understood, but I've adapted now to have understanding and empathy of that to, to make my approach different. So don't assume we can just do it overnight and crack on like an Air Force team. It's totally different than the civilian world. We're in a war, you don't get you don't have to get a chance to think twice. You just get on with it. That's what you've got to do as a team. So adapting to Crest Way of Life, which is so diverse, people with no experience, no work experience, no confidence, no qualifications, Initially, I'll be honest with you, it was, was quite frustrating for me coming out from an Air Force background. So I had some frustrations early doors and I had to overcome those and that was speaking with family and friends and my colleagues as well, um, which done me the world of good. And, and Crest, I would say, has developed me 
not only as a business leader, but also as a person. And over 16 years, it's, that's why it's kept me there for so long. I've got to the point in my life now where, where I am heading the business, but it's a team. It's, there's no, there is no iron team at Crest. And that's one thing I took from the forces. Um, what we do is we work together and play to individual strengths because I'm certainly not the finished package. This team around me that got better skills than I have. So I utilize that team around me to achieve the best goals that we can. You know, I'm really proud to, to work for Crest genuinely because the people that I work with, the staff and the volunteers, I see what they do day in, day out. Most people outside of Crest don't see that. And it really, really is they go above and beyond. We're not just a normal job. And I tell everyone that comes for an interview at Crest, it's not just a nine to five. It's not somebody who just take a wage and you don't just stand still. If that's what you're after, you're in the wrong job. You maybe need to think of a different career because we have to evolve and we have to change and meet the community needs constantly. So yeah, 16 years, wow, that's gone <laughs> quick. I've done literally everything. I still want to achieve more. I'm now part of uh, a couple of boards myself. I'm a trustee and a director of two boards, which is um, making sure I don't stand still either and having an understanding of Crest Board. And presumably know. reinforcing community connections as oh, well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. It's all about, it's um, one of them's the, the reuse network and the other is the Atlantino Football Club. Um, so it's about giving back to the community still and, and developing, continuing my developing my skills. So it's been a long, varied, diverse career and God willing, it still goes on for many more years. <laughs> um, you've covered, obviously, most of the answers to your questions have covered the, the crucial elements of the, the local community work that Crass does. But how does Crass work contribute to the local community? You've mentioned what it does for the individuals and the family within Crest, but to how does it go out into the wider community and make a difference there? Well, for a start, we, we employ 47 people. That's, you know, that's no mean feat that for a, for a local charity. You know, a couple of years back, it was 25 people we employed. We've grown more than 50% there. So 47 local jobs for a start. Um, we also support uh, 30 plus adults with learning and physical disabilities. We have 40 plus active volunteers. So, you know, environmentally, socially there for the economy, there's three big ticks in the box there. That's how we contribute to local community. But what we do with our profits is the main thing. And with that, what we do is we offer furniture packs, we offer food parcels, we help families in crisis, we help people train, we give them real work experience, we employ a lot of the people that come through our doors. So I think what Crest give back to the community is huge. Mm-hmm. And I think how we get that message across sometimes, we've, we've failed in the past, mm-hmm. I think we really have, but we've got a working team now with a marketing team at Crest who are real people, they're not just marketing gurus, they know, they understand, they've come through the system themselves and re- really helping us reach out to schools, local churches, anyone really that probably gets bypassed and overlooked. We go for the for the hard to reach rather than the, the low hanging fruit, which most people go for the low hanging easy fruit. We like to challenge ourselves. So we'll work with the prison prisoners, we'll work with probation services, we'll work with social services and we're inclusive. So anyone, you know, anyone's welcome at Crest. We don't discriminate whether you've got a criminal record, whether you've got no confidence, whether you've never worked in your life, whether you feel you've got nothing to offer, we want to unlock that potential. And I think we, we do we do a lot for the community, but we could do a lot more as well, which is my job to help drive that forward and make sure we reach out further. Crest has 
always been an advocate for providing meaningful volunteering opportunities and gainful employment and, and that's sort of shown in what you've said so far um, particularly for those who are seeking rehabilitation. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the rehabilitation projects um, that are currently ongoing and, and how they've made a difference really both to the individual and, and maybe to the wider community as well? Yeah yeah we, we've got a number of initiatives going at the minute and um, one of them being it's called the Kickstart Programme so that's open to anyone who's in receipt of universal credit and between the ages of 16 and 25 years old. So what they do, they'll come for a formal interview. They won't just be given it. We'll, we'll shortlist the best people in, in those interview process and we'll play to their strengths. We'll see what experience they've had, where they want to go in life, what training they need. And then we'll make uh, like a personal development plan for that individual because everyone's so different. Those development plans all look so diverse. Uh, that's been really successful. In fact, the first cohort, Crest, employed three individuals from that program who are now working with us full time. So the program itself lasts six months. And beyond that, there is no target for us to employ anyone or move them on. But again, we want to go above and beyond. And if we can't employ them within Crest, then we've got a team working hard behind the scenes to engage with local employers and say that we've had this individual on our books for six months. This is how they came to us. This is where they are now on their journey. We highly recommend them if you're looking for any vacancies within your organisation. And over 16 years since I've been working, we've built up good, strong working relations with a number of local employers. So so that works well. The other one that we're working with is, is a programme called Pathways. That's in partnership with Communities First. It's slightly different. So they're referred to as by Community First. And uh, people who are on Pathways programme aren't quite ready for paid employment. They're taking that first step, if you like, that brave step in the world to sample what a working life feels like so work real work experience these are adults adults yeah, yeah. so all adults yeah, any ages so it's 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 really really um rewarding this one because you can see when they walk through the door the confidence has been knocked whatever's gone on in their life i won't go into the personal details you can see why that some people have been dragged up rather than being reared up some people have just suffered through covid or walk, worked all their lives and themselves unemployed mm-hmm. It's, it's so diverse, um, but they need that confidence again. So what we do is we try and, again, look where their strengths are, look what they want to do moving forward, and just take the gentle approach and say, maybe dip your toe in that department there. If you don't like it, no stress, we'll try another department. And we give them uh, qualifications, recognised qualifications. We give them training in confidence building. We do their CV with them, all the basic stuff like that. But what we try and do is move them on to that next stepping stone is to be get employed again and quite often they'll go on to the kickstart program which is a nice stepping stone in in addition to that we've worked with the probation service gosh for over 20 years now at the long-standing working relationship with them and so rewarding that program so we get referred people who are committed offenses low-risk offenses but want to rehabilitate want to pay back into the community and we've we've employed a significant amount of our staff through that program because what we found is that most mainstream employers won't give anyone that comes through Crestors a second look or a second chance. They prejudge, they discriminate. They say they don't, but they do. And that's why they're coming to us because no one else will employ them. So what we do is we do like what I call it almost goes back to basic training in, in the RAF. It's like the police academy. You get all the roughness out and get, start building some smoothness around them and, and tell them, look, you know, if you really want to move in life, you maybe not get on your phone all the time, turn up on time. I think we could all benefit from not being yeah, on our phone oh, definitely, so definitely, yeah, me included. <laughs> Listen, um, take yourself out of your comfort zone and, and just and just see, you know, get, get inspired by other people around you. These are people who have been employed at Crest and they've been there where you are. 
So they're not just telling you what to do, they've actually been through it. And we think, and I, I genuinely believe, no better person to listen to who's actually gone through some turmoil and has gone through the place where you've been in because you're more likely to have empathy and understanding. So yeah, so we, 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 there's a three, three off the top of the head that I can um, summarise there and there's more coming up in the future, which I can't go into at the minute because we're waiting on some funding. I mean, I've got personal experience of the wonderful work that you do. My, my dad came through a project that you offered. Uh, he was out of work for a lengthy period of time and um, basically joining Crest as a volunteer and then subsequently gaining employment really turned his life around, gave him confidence that he just lost through being unemployed for such a lengthy period of time and and the the change in him was just remarkable and he was with Crest for a good few years and yeah, what a fantastic worker he was Barry as well and managed that white goods department one of the issues he had was that all his skills were in sort of warehouse management and things like that and and in north wales there aren't that many opportunities for things like that no. so uh, travel you know there's all sorts of limitations yeah. on people that just mean that if he, for whatever reason if you come out of employment getting back into it with that skill set yeah. And without other skills, it's, it's quite difficult. So Yeah, and, and, a, and a classic good news story is your dad, Katie, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, he, he actually managed that whole department, you know, and it was unbelievable work. And to this day, what we've got set in stone and developed the White Goods department was a huge influence from Barry's work mm-hmm. and also his colleagues and Ralph and all that kind of stuff, yeah. you know. So there's a lasting legacy there. As a result of the climate emergency that we're, we're you know, we're all well aware of at the moment, um, we're all being encouraged to repair, recycle, reuse, and repurpose rather than obviously continue to contribute to this throwaway culture. Again, as you've touched on in a few of your answers, this is something Crest has encouraged for quite a number of years, and and with, you know, you've got a dedicated recycling hub in Llandudno Junction, dedicated to uh, one of uh, one of your wonderful staff who unfortunately passed away uh, in the past couple of years. How can Crest help customers um, or, or any other service users move away from consumerism and, and sort of embrace a greener lifestyle? Yeah, I actually believe the tide is slowly turning on that. I think it's it's becoming more fashionable to shop at charity shops now. There's no stigma attached to it. You get some real gems and bargains there. But the way Crest do it, we, we, you know, we can offer an alternative to the high street prices where, let's face it now, a lot of people can't afford those high street prices. So our alternative is affordable pre-loved goods. And we can offer anything for household items, whether it be domestic white goods appliances, furniture, beds, mattresses, clothing, shoes. We, we have everything. We also have brand new as well, because there is a choice there and we want to give customers the choice. But the bulk of our stock is pre-loved goods. And also it creates employment and it, you know, and it creates income, local jobs, you know, for, for the economy, for the environment, the amount of waste that we save from landfill and upcycle and, and, and reuse is, is huge. You know, the, the textiles alone, we, te- we collect around 25 tonnes of textiles from the curbside on our textile banks and hundreds of tonnes of bulky waste items that are chucked out by residents w- within our, our county. But what they don't realise is what the journey is of that individual item. That comes back on the van to Crest Workshop. Hard sweat and labour goes into it and skill. And then it's priced. And then a gift aid if they want to donate it. It's sold and it goes back to residents within Com. It's almost that circular economy, the full recycle element there. But we rather the, the reuse because by reusing it, there's less carbon footprint than by recycling it. So I think the movement is slowly um, taking trend and the repair shop on the BBC is so popular. So we've kind of copied a little bit of that, if I like, you know, and, and see how it and takes off. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and we're hoping to engage with HMP Berwyn. So some of their prisoners have some fantastic skills with their hands and to build some bespoke items out of reclaimed timber 
and reclaimed metal. So they'll be in the workshops doing all that kind of stuff. And being in Llandidno, which is the Queen Resort of Wales, yeah. you know, you can pick something up and put in your bag and take it home, whether you're a tourist or whether you're a local. Yeah. So we're really excited by that and we, we, we hope that takes off. But downstairs as well, we've got the workshop space for anyone that's into upcycling or reuse or no matter what it may be. We're hoping that will attract other businesses or, or upstart businesses to come along and, and, and support us, but we'll support them at the same time. With the cost of living increasing significantly over the past 12 months, energy prices continuing to soar, how can Crest assist the residents of Conway and Denbyshire who are struggling? We provide food parcels. We also provide furniture packs. We also work with all of the social landlords across North Wales who provide funding for families in crisis to help pay for those packs. Um, we offer the volunteer and opportunities work experience there. We, um, we, we more often than not donate uh, significant amounts of furniture, food, white goods to local families in crisis. And it's not always by referral. They can just contact us out of the blue and we take that at discretion or our own decision there. We don't want to put stigma in it. We don't want to put barriers there. We just want people to be able to access the goods. And I think that's the difference with Crest. We're not just your average normal charity. You know, we, we I think we genuinely go above and beyond and for example, the food bank, which we call the food share, because it's not a traditional food bank, is that there is no criteria to meet. You or I could walk in off the street and access the food there. So there's um, no stigma involved, there's, there's no, no embarrassment, no. there's nothing involved there. And it's just surplus food that is going to a good home. And we like to think that the majority of people wouldn't abuse that. And we've not encountered that up to date. And what they get is a free Hessian bag, a Crest bag that we pay for, and they can fill that to the brim twice a week. The real big problem is that the demand is outstripping the uh, the supply, which is something that we're working on in, in, the, in the future. I appreciate there are some things that you can't yet talk about, funding issues, etc. But tell us a little bit of what you can about what new projects are on the horizon for Crest. So there's a couple. Of, I mentioned one there about the Crest Food Share, Food yeah. Bank, if you like. We only open currently about every Tuesday and Thursday from 11 till 12. And I'm personally driving this because, like I touched on earlier, um, I'm one of nine kids and we didn't realise growing up that my mum didn't eat quite often to feed us. It's only as I became an adult and, and I was ready to hear that, I had real understanding and empathy for it. So I, I, I'm really driving this. Um, I want it to open five, if not seven days a week. Um, we're engaging with all the supermarkets. We're putting a lot of our surplus aside from Crest to be able to subsidise this. Um, it's really shocked me in Conway, which is known as or classed as an affluent area. It's unbelievable that there's queues out the door every Tuesday, Thursday, and the shelves are just emptied. We can't fill it quickly enough. Um, so that's something that we're establishing. It's only been going for like two months. Um, we want to establish that where it becomes full time. We've also got the Landed No Shop. So that's due to launch and open in April. So we'll have the, the repair reuse uh, shop there. We also want to, if not hire out the downstairs workshop, We've got some interest with some strategic partners who want to do some sort of um, work with us there, which will benefit not just environmentally, but socially as well. So like HMP Burwin, probation service and, and stuff like that. There's one big project on the horizon and I, I wish I could share it with you <laughs> because it's so, it floats my boat massively um, and it ticks lots of boxes, but until the funding's been confirmed, I just can't no, um, elaborate that, on that. But certainly if I'm invited back again, I'll, <laughs> I'd love to talk about that because uh, we're about 60% down the line with that one. Like, you know. Very exciting.
What do you see as the biggest challenges or single challenges, multiple challenges facing Crest over the next 12 months? You know, we've touched on some of the issues that are facing the, the local community. Is, is that going to impact Crest? Or? Well, do you know what? I mean, the last two years have been hell for everyone, everyone across the world. It's really been difficult. Um, I should stress that during the time that the initial lockdown when everybody was closed, Crest senior management team remained in place obviously the staff were furloughed but were furloughed on full pay so you were you continued to support your your employees throughout didn't you yeah we did we topped up the the furlough we everyone no one was out of pocket we made sure that was the first thing that we wanted to do so no one suffered any financial hardship and we also managed during during the lockdown there to to project manage a number of the premises and we upgraded the head office there so in some ways, we've seen a, a negative and turned it into a positive. And you had a connection with Dillon's as well, We I did. Believe. So Dillon's Restaurant, who uh, quite famous down the North Wales coast, um, approached us to see if we would help out volunteering, delivering food to all the um, nurses and doctors in all the doctor surgeries and the local hospitals. So we did that. I was so proud to be involved in that. It really was great. We were pretty much delivering it seven days a week. Um, and when that came to an end, it was quite sad, actually, even though it was glad that the restrictions were being lifted. It was um, it was really good, and what shocked us was that there was only vending machines in the hospitals for doctors and nurses to access they're doing food. Shifts and they're and... there trying to save people's lives. It was just absolutely horrendous for them to go through. But we were dead proud to be part of that. And actually, just on that digressing slightly, apologies, is that we've been shortlisted for a nomination for that work. We're going down to Carden Park, I think it's in Chester, at the end of the month, as part of the Steve Morgan Foundation. It's the, the awards there, so we're the top three. And because we're in the top three, we get a guaranteed £4,000. But if we win, we get £12,000. So fingers crossed. It's something that we don't normally go for. We don't chase awards. In the past, Crest was known for doing that, but we, we don't. Um, we were asked to apply for this one, which was slightly different because it was COVID and what we were doing. We felt, you know what? That feels right. Yeah. I've lost track of that question now. Forgive Sorry, me. Sorry, biggest, biggest challenges. The biggest challenge. You. I would say because we are now slowly, we're still in Wales, bear in mind, we're slowly coming out of of COVID restrictions. It's adapting to what the new normal is beyond post-COVID. And I guess no one really knows what that is like at the minute, but we feel we're well positioned with some of the stuff that we've expanded, like the food bank there, the food parcels, um, expanding our training facilities, you know, increasing the employment there. We've gone stronger through COVID. That sounds really mad, that doesn't it? But we've actually grown and developed. And because we're a registered charity, we've, we've now got property assets on our books with no mortgage so we're kind of asset healthy there which yeah. we haven't been previously which obviously but provides certainty for the people using the charity as well it which does, is yeah. fantastic. and you can use that as match funding as well to anything to for new projects or anything to help capacity build so yeah i'd say being being ready for the next 12 months the, the biggest challenge would be how we cope post-covid adaptation adaptation and change again absolutely can constantly evolve and to meet the needs of the community what new projects are on the horizon for crest we've actually established a crest radio believe it or not um, which was out of an old archive room and the reason that we did that initially was because one of our adults with learning disabilities um, came along to me for a, an interview a radio interview and he loves anything to do with microphones music CDs, loves to hear his own voice as well, bless him. Should have brought him along today. I know, he would have loved this, he would have done actually. So on the journey home, um, he asked me why couldn't Crest have a Crest radio? And it planted a seed. Uh, when I got back, I kind of looking around Crest and did we have any rooms that were under occupied, which we don't normally have because we're always after storage space. 
but we did have this um, little room that was gathering dust. It was archives, a couple of boxes in, shelvings, and we decided to clear it out and insulate it and got some pre-loved equipment there. Mm. And it was never to make any money or profits. It was really for the adults with learning and physical disabilities to access that. And what we do now is they play music, we record them on a CD, they take it home to mum and dad. Yeah. Um, and they love it. It's, it's actually Real attractive. feel-good stuff. It is, yeah. It is, and it's, and it's interlinked into our shops so people can listen to it. And um, we've attracted new clients on the back of that. And now we've been approached by uh, Colwyn Bay Community Radio, who are linking up a proper online uh, FM signal and expand actually the, the capacity for radio listeners, mm. which we're told was, is up to about 90 odd thousand people throughout um, Conway and Denbyshire. And let's see where that goes. So that's something in the next 12 months that we'd like to expand and, and, and just see where it takes us. You know, we're, we're firm believers at Crest, dipping our toe in because we can. Let's not run before we can walk. No. And it was never about generating additional income or profits. It was about adding another string to our bow that people can access. And we've got the local colleges now who are sending some of their students who want to some practical experience to, to complement their theory on media studies. So I think I'm excited about that. It's really good and it's all pre-loved stuff and we're getting a lot of interest. But it's the people that are benefiting most which gives me most satisfaction. There'll be a few people who are listening who, as I mentioned at the outset, probably weren't familiar with Crest's work, um, or even if they were, the extent of the different things that you do. As we mentioned, Lanny and Bowdler have appointed you as one of their chosen charities for, for 2022. How do financial donations assist Crest in furthering their objective so that we can get to know a little bit more about what, what the money that is being donated or that we're generating is, is able to do for Crest? Like I've just touched on, it helps us capacity build new projects, such as the the, the, the workshop space down in the Landedno shop there. Um, it contributes to subsidising the food banks. It helps towards um, helping families in crisis with essential food, household items and furniture and white goods. But also the, the, the physical donations. So anyone that donates a table, a chair, a sofa will help us claim gift aid on that as well. And 25 pence in every pound over the course of the year, like we know, is massive. So it's, 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 it's key to the business. And finally, how can those listening best contribute to Crest's amazing work? You've mentioned some of the financial donations and, and uh, donations of, of goods. Um, I think previously you touched on a, a purple bag, donations that, that people collect from the curbside. What, what can people do to get involved? Well, we're always looking for, for volunteers. That's one um, business there. And volunteers, well, our volunteers, seriously, we would struggle to operate. So you can, you can see that on our, on our website, which is crestcooperative.co.uk. Um, you can donate your goods that can claim gift aid on that. You can access our services. Why don't you come into our shops and actually buy pre-loved goods rather than brand new from the high street? That would be a great way of supporting Crest and the people. There's numerous ways that they can, they can help us. And, you know, we, we're always looking for people to help on the marketing side of things. Certainly people that want to get into white goods engineering. We can offer experience, real-life real experience to them, but qualified training as well because we're developing our training department to deliver forklift training, as well as first aid and manual handling. And we want other businesses to access our goods. So why do you go to, I don't know, the, these big businesses who are outside of the county, why not come to Crest on your doorstep and we'll deliver that training for your staff? So that's how they can they can help us as well. And doing so, support your local community. Support your local community, yeah. It's oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been amazing getting to know uh, the work that Crest does a little bit better and getting to know you a little bit better. And uh, hopefully it will have inspired lots of people listening to uh, get to know Crest a bit more, come and visit your shops, donate, 
um, and just generally contribute to the community a bit more. Yeah, I hope so. And I really appreciate you inviting me in today. It's been really, really good and um, always happy to speak about Crest. And hopefully, like I say, you know, my chance to give back to Crest and the younger generation now is is to tell them about my journey and hopefully it'll inspire them to want to do better and come out of their comfort zone and, and at the end of the day crest or the community will benefit from that so so thank you for bringing me on and give me a chance to talk thanks to katie and rod for sharing the details of the fantastic work that crest does for the local communities in north wales if you need legal help from katie please get in touch through lblaw.co.uk that's lblaw.co.uk thank you for taking the time to listen If you found the conversations helpful, please remember to follow, review and share the episodes. Speak to you soon. That was the Legal Lounge from Lanyon Bowdler Solicitors. Visit lblaw.co.uk slash podcast for helpful resources. And please do follow or subscribe on your podcast app so you never miss an episode.